0: Welcome back to the Jet Press Podcast. My name is Justin Freed, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend, Mike. I forget your middle name, Luciano. Mike, how you doing, buddy? What's going on?
1: middle name is Joseph for further nominal purposes. So with that rousing introduction, I'm feeling okay. Feeling pretty good, mostly just because, again, Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback, as we say all the time, and we're only a couple weeks away from week one of the most anticipated Jets season in over a decade Maybe even more than that. I mean, we got Aaron Rodgers now. Now we're this is to to paraphrase Tommy Wiseau, the great Tommy Wiseau. This is no Mickey Mouse shit. We are we are going for a Super Bowl. And as we're going for a Super Bowl, we mostly just got to do a little bit of uh fine-tuning around the edges, checking off the end of the roster, figuring out who's gonna make the roster, which, as Justin will let us know, we're gonna get into on the show.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah. First of all, Joseph, I'm not going to forget that now. Um, I will remember that. All right. uh, yeah, man, we got We got a great show plan. We got you talking plenty of Makai Beckton, everything with the offensive line. I think we're going to have a different tune about the offensive line than we did a week ago at this time. We recapping everything that happened on Hard Knocks last night, doing each of our own 53 man roster predictions. So definitely stick around for that. That's going to be really cool. Also talking a little bit Jets Giants previewing the last preseason game. Of the summer, I know the Jets have played an extra preseason game, so it feels like it's dragged on. It feels like it's gone on too long at this stage, but we are almost here. We're almost at week one, and we're almost ready for the show. But first, Mike, hit us with something.
1: Well, it's a little message from our friends at DraftKings. So Jets fans, have you signed up for DraftKings yet? Because if you're a new user, you could receive 150 bucks in bonus bets instantly after following just three steps. Create an account, make a deposit, and then wager 5 bucks on any sport. Doesn't matter if your first wager wins or loses, you'll still get the 150 in bonus bets. All you gotta do is use the code FSBETs, that is F-S-B-E-T-S, when you sign up. When you use the code, not only do you get the bonus, but supports the podcast. So if you want to help us that way, feel more than free. Use our code FSBETS to maximize your first bets. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Hey, you can hey, find us on Apple hey, Podcasts, hey, whoa, Podcasts. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. What whoa. I
0: do? No, no, we got, we got some breaking news. We got. I was going to cut you off in the ad read. We have some breaking news involving another Jets wide receiver during the show. According oh, no. to Hunter kind of Hughes, Corey Davis is retiring. From the NFL. Corey uh,
1: Davis is retiring. My God. All right. Uh, okay. Sorry, that's okay. Not even. So first, to find out more, let's just get it out of the way quick. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast. Wherever it may be, get your podcast. We are there. We're on YouTube at the Jeff Press, and we're on TikTok at the Jet Press. So that is where you can find all of <laughs> our great content. Over there, as we try to get a graphic hastily set up to talk about Corey Davis retiring <laughs> from the NFL. Yeah. All right. So Okay, more, so we let know. me just make some 53-man <laughs> roster alterations now that this is already out the window. My goodness, Corey Literally. Davis retiring. Now, he did release a statement on Instagram. I have it right here. May I take the liberty, Justin, of reading a- it? Please, absolutely. I didn't even know he did. Please okay, read it. Okay, Corey Davis, it. for some time now, I've been contemplating stepping away from the sport of football. This decision has not been easy. Although I'm a deep person, I'm a man of few words. I have been searching my heart for what to do, and I feel that stepping away from the game is the best path for me at this time. I have more blessings than I could have ever imagined. I have an amazing family, a beautiful wife, and two healthy children that I look forward to spending more time with. I am truly grateful for all the opportunities I have had and will continue to have on my journey. Thank you to my family and friends and the Jets organization for supporting me during this process. So Corey Davis wow. retires from the NFL right before a lot of people thought he might've been the number two wide receiver on the depth chart. That plan has been hastily dashed because he is no longer in the NFL. And this seems like it definitely, this seems like this whole personal matter it really was him kind of having an existential moment of what am I doing playing football right now? Cause it is not, if he retired, because he's like, you know what? I put all this time in. I'm on another bad team. It's another year of Zach Wilson. Like I don't want to put my body through it physically. I feel like a lot of people understand that, and I, I get why he's doing this too. But the fact that he did it when Aaron Rodgers—I mean, Aaron Rodgers—is his quarterback now, and he still said this is too much. I'm done. Like that—that's a pretty firm. That's a pretty firm commitment there. I don't think this is going to change. Uh I don't think this is going to change. I don't know if it's going to be an unretiring kind of thing. Uh, so if we look back at his career, six seasons in the NFL, four with the Titans, uh, two with the Jets, in 19 starts in 22 games, 66 catches, 1,028 yards, and six touchdowns. Didn't have the best quarterback play to support him, but I will say that I'll give him this too. This dude worked his ass off the entire time he was with there. No one can ever mm-hmm. accuse him of, just getting the money and not trying hard. He was a leader. He was a guy that people trusted. And he was somebody that, even though it would have made sense to cut him and free up cap space, Robert Salas said, no, I'm not cutting Corey Davis. He's one of my guys. He's going to be on this team if I have my say. And he's going to be one of our top receivers. And they held on to him. But uh, it looks like Corey Davis just personally is putting his family first or his health first or his mental health first. And he is retiring from the NFL I'm stunned, but you know what? This is, I get where Corey Davis is coming from with a wife and two kids. I want to go be dad. I don't want to necessarily keep beating my body up.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, whatever his reasoning is for for retiring early and for retiring at this stage, clearly he's thought a lot about it. Uh, Obviously he's missed time the last week, maybe even more with, with a personal reason with, you know, there's, there's an excused absence. So I didn't want to speculate. I know people, some people were speculating what was going on. I didn't feel like it was my place. Uh, but now we see what that is. For Corey Davis, I'm, I'm happy he's made this decision for him. If this is what he wants, this is, this is, you know this is best case for him, then I'm happy he's taking care of his body. I'm happy he's taking care of his mental health, whatever it is. There's a lot of implications as to what this means for the Jets. I already know we have a couple people in chat asking about the salary cap implications. To my knowledge, I believe the Jets did not restructure his contract. Which means I don't think he had any guaranteed money left on his deal, which unless there's something that we don't know about, I think the Jets get that money back. I'm pretty sure that's how it works if there's no guaranteed money left on the deal. Because I think
1: I think the base salary is what gets voided when you retire. Maybe so I don't know if there's yeah. anything else in there, like which is
0: part. 10.5 million. So that's a lot of money. If the Jets get the money back, I don't know. I have no idea what like I'm not I'm not confident on that. Don't quote me on that. But to my knowledge, I'm pretty sure if there's no guaranteed money left on the deal, then whatever is the base or whatever, whatever he's cause his base is 10.5. His bonus is around 670,000 or whatever it is. Uh, that's prorated as well. So I, I believe that they get back the 10 or 10.5 million, which is also what Brian and Chad is saying the same thing that the Jets will get the 10 million back once they put him on a reserve and list. Yeah. I believe that that is correct. Um, this is a stunner. This is obviously wild again for Corey Davis. Um, i you know I, I respect his decision i'm very happy for him if this is what he believes is the best decision um but for the jets this decimates the, i don't want to say decimates but it definitely it definitely negatively affects their wide receiver depth that they have Uh, It puts a lot of stress on someone like Alan Lazard and another guy they signed in, Nicole Hardman. I think we've already kind of gotten hints at it over the last couple days and week that Randall Cobb might play a bigger role at the team. I think that's definitely going to be true now. And I also think this opens up the opportunity for the Jets to potentially go out and make another addition, especially because it does seem like they will have that 10 or 10 and a half million, whatever it's going to be. Now, the Jets have a ton of cap space. They have a ton of financial flexibility to go out there and make a wide receiver addition. I'm not saying it's going to be a Devontae Adams, but – Whoever, right, whether it's a trade, I don't know if there's really anybody in free agency that would that would move the needle much, um, but yeah, a total stunner here, a shocker. This is the second time, Mike, that we have done a show and had a significant player, a significant wide receiver on the Jets be gone, I guess. You know, Elijah Moore retired, or not retired, Elijah Moore was traded. <laughs> Some no, fans would have not retired. I'm mixing it up. Elijah Moore was traded live on the show. Now, legit, as you're doing the ad read, two minutes into the show, Corey Davis retires, Uh, And, yeah, as as Zachary Berner in chat says as well, um, this could open up the opportunity for someone like Jason Brownlee or Xavier Gibson or even Malik Taylor to make the roster. Because, spoiler, I know we were about to do our 53-man roster predictions in a little bit. I had the Jets carrying five receivers. I didn't have Jason Brownlee, Xavier Gibson, or Malik Taylor making the team. Uh, So now – I think at least one of them is. Maybe both. (laughs) Definitely one. Now, I think I think the edge would go to Malik Taylor. That's that's my assumption here. I think the edge goes to him. Gibson, if they trust him on special teams, that would be his route to making it. Brownlee feels like more of a practice squad guy to me. I think he's tailed off a little bit. But who knows now? Because Brownlee kind of replicates the, the player that you want Corey Davis to be. So I, I think that's maybe – That's what I'm would, thinking. Right. Maybe that gives him a shot. I don't know. Uh, we're, we're, we're trying to think on our feet here. But – I'm, I'm looking at the
1: free agent wide receivers, I mean, it's not a very fruitful market. I mean, Ke- Kenny Galladay, I don't even want to entertain as an option right now. Uh, Julio Jones, who's, you know, no. I, I Look, Julio Jones, first ballot Hall of Famer, but I mean, he's he's too beaten up. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I possibly, but I just don't think stylistically. He's kind of anywhere close to Corey Davis. So if you want to target a Corey Davis replacement, I don't know if he's the guy. Uh, Sammy Watkins. Is Still out there. Other than that, it's just a bunch of you know. his focus you know uh, is suspended, so not him. You know who I hear is out there? Who's out there? Denzel Mims. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be. That's a way for him. Imagine that. Now he comes back triumphantly. Denzel we'll Mims returns
0: <laughs> he's out there I bet NYJ Matt's gonna make the I'm coming home video because he's
1: out there right now I think you already Brian, made it Brian has a very nice idea Kunst is wide receiver five just make put him near a cornerback and do jump balls I mean
0: yeah I mean yeah this, I mean it could open up the opportunity for four I don't know about five tight ends to make it but definitely four maybe like I, I would like to say also you could use some of those running backs out wide. Like Brees Hall can definitely be used in that role. Dalvin Cook can be used in that role. I would not be surprised at all if the Jets do that. Maybe they do only carry five wide receivers and maybe it opens up a spot for, I don't know, Zonovan Knight or something, or another skill position player that maybe they want to use in that role. Um, I mean, if we're talking trade candidates, obviously the big names like Devontae Adams come to mind. If they could ever find a way to somehow get Mike Evans, that would be insane. Again, that doesn't feel like something that will happen before the season. And I also don't get the sense that Corey Davis was solidly in the Jets' plans as a guy who's going to play 70% of snaps. So I don't know if they will be super motivated to make a move right now, or at least a high-profile move. But – they have the cap space to do it. They have the financial flexibility. And they obviously have the need because we've talked about it a lot this offseason. I was very much in the get go and get the Andre Hopkins camp. That was that was definitely my opinion. Now I think that, I mean, not, not to use this as an excuse or as a reason for that, but it definitely looks like something that they 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 could have done or at least addressed the wide receiver position more than they did. Cause I'm not super high on Al art, as you know. miko Harbin is what he is. I think he's a fine three or a four, uh, and then Randall Cobbs a four or a five at this stage. So I'm not confident at all about the Jets wide receiver depth. I already wasn't confident when they had Corey Davis. Now I'd really like to see the Jets make some sort of a move, uh, whether it's a trade, whether it's, you know, I don't, there's not really anybody that they could sign. I mean, Julio is not Julio. He's not even half of Julio at this stage. Uh, Denzel Mims is. Denzel I, I feel Mims.
1: like it might actually end up though being Julio in terms of, you know, veteran guy, ring chaser. I mean, Aaron Rodgers would probably say, yeah, bring him on. Like I, I feel like there's a lot of dots leading there. I also, maybe this is just me being overly optimistic galaxy brain. I remember early on, I heard a bunch of like, oh, there's no way they're going to get Devontae Adams earlier on. And yeah, there was no way early on. Like if the Raiders are like one and seven at, or close to the deadline, I mean, maybe, I mean, mm-hmm. now they have a, a more tools at their disposal to accommodate that big contract. I mean, I, that's not, th- don't expect that to happen, but right. Like, I think we're at that point now where it's like, don't rule it out. And uh, again, like, I also don't want to talk about like Corey Davis, like he's just a piece of meat too, or he's just like some guy they signed. No, like, of course not. Yeah. Corey Davis, you know, it's a shame that it didn't work out really the way the jets thought that it would, but I can't help, but feel bad for the guy. Cause this is a guy who, I mean, even though I was, I thought Marcus Mariota got done dirty in Tennessee. I thought that part of it was too, that Corey Davis didn't have great offensive coaching for really his entire career. And the one year where it looked like he was really going to kind of hit his stride, 2020, where he gets a thousand yards in 14 games, then he ends up going to Zach Wilson, that kind of takes the the wind out of his sails. But this is a guy who I think still has the all time college record for receiving yards. I think four year guy at Western yeah. Michigan, so he's, he's
0: really productive in college.
1: He, he's an accomplished receiver, great blocker, great leader, just you know the kind of guy you want on your team. Seemed like everybody loved him too, so. Like this is not to make it sound hokey or that it's like to get overly emotional, but this is gonna impact the locker room because I think the guys like having Corey Davis around. So, you know, as much as we like Xavier Gibson and Jason Brandley, you know they they can't bring that moxie with them.
0: What if the Jets just say screw it and they go out and trade for Jonathan Taylor and they say, all
1: right, we got three great running backs. <laughs> they the triple option.
0: <laughs> yeah, they just or they or they could stick Cook out at receiver or Hall at receiver. Honestly, another one that I could think of is like. What if they traded for like Cordero Patterson or something? I not I'm just thinking of guys who could be on the move. Patterson's kind of, I don't know, buried on the depth chart, but they got B. John Robinson. They got Tyler Algier. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's been playing running back a lot in Atlanta, but maybe that's someone I'm trying to think on the fly. I haven't been able to, uh, you know, come up with a list. This happened two minutes into the show. Uh, <laughs> uh, if anybody has ideas, please talk about it in chat. I would love to discuss this stuff. Could maybe put someone. Trey Lance
1: play. there. trade
0: lance there um maybe i mean they're not going to probably trade with the patriots but the new england's kind of got a lot of guys in that room like maybe a kendrick Bourne or something could be he has experience with sala too uh dating back to their time in san francisco so maybe someone like i mean i don't know if the patriots would do that but kendrick Bourne maybe i don't know i'm just trying to think of other guys denver starts imploding Judy, maybe. I know Denver's asking price has been very high for Judy, but maybe that changes if, you know, they're they're going south. Obviously, the new coaching staff has no ties to him. Um, so maybe that's someone. Someone in, like, Cleveland, like Anthony Schwartz in Cleveland maybe could be. You know, he's another guy who's kind of buried on the depth chart. Hasn't really done a it's ton It's tough, there.
1: too, though, because, like, we can name all these receivers, but, like, Davis played a part for them stylistically. Like, yeah. even yeah. when they could have promoted other younger guys, cough, cough, Denzel Mims. They right. said, no, we're going to keep playing Davis, partially because they really liked what it did as a blocker, and it really helped their running game. So, you know, there's not just – guys like that aren't out there. So it's going to yeah. be tough. I mean, Lazard is a good blocker for a receiver. I think that's part of why they paid what they did to get him. I think Cobb – like, Cobb tries, and he is a veteran guy who, you know, kind of knows how to use angles and things like that. Like, he's okay in that regard. Hardman is not because he's small, but – It's going to be – the running game might actually suffer because of this. Not that Corey Davis is going to make the Jets – make opponents be like, oh, we can put eight in the box now. But, I mean, he's a weapon they don't have anymore. Yeah,
0: no, I think that's a great point. I I think – I, I was of the opinion that Corey Davis was the second best wide receiver on this roster. I've said that a lot this off season and I still, well, I guess I can't believe it's true anymore, but when he was on the roster, I do believe he was the second best wide receiver on the roster. And a lot of that was because of his blocking ability. He was an excellent blocker and he really did open up holes in the running game. I think Lazard can fill that role and the jets will be looking to him to fill that role, but it's not like it's just, this is a sizable loss. It's not like Garrett Wilson retired, but it's still a sizable loss. Other guys I'm looking out there, like other free agents. I know Brian just brought it up in chat as well. Sammy Watkins is still out there. Sure. Uh, Jarvis Landry. All right. I think maybe he's got a little bit more left in the tank. Maybe. I mean, there's a reason he's a free agent, but still. Uh, <laughs> old friend Andre Roberts, if we're going that route. Oh, Yo, Jake Kumaro. Jake Kumaro. Oh, it's, oh Jay no. Kumaro? It's going to
1: be Kumaro. Oh, I didn't even consider I, that
0: was just at uh oh. the Packers Patriots game weirdly enough this past Saturday uh and I saw a Jay kumro jersey and I couldn't help but think maybe hey maybe maybe he wants to reunite with Aaron Rodgers I don't know also
1: confirmed via uh my sports update who actually is one of the the one good aggregator at out, out of Yep. yeah yeah the one the one good one of those guys I would say looking at you you know who you are Yep, <laughs> but, but uh he said the Jets will clear another 10 million in uh, salary cap space because the salary was not guaranteed for the year. So right. it's official. That makes sense. That that, that money's coming up. So right. sign Jordy Nelson,
0: Brian says in chat. Jordy Nelson. Let's bring back Donald Driver. Let's bring them all back. You're baby. Michael Finley. You're Michael Finley. Doesn't I, doesn't he hate Aaron Rodgers? I was going to say I'm pretty sure yeah. he had beef with Rodgers. Doesn't he hate maybe him. Not, maybe not him, but yeah, this is wild. <laughs> this is absolutely wild. Uh, crazy that this happened as you were doing the ad, literally you could watch that back as you're doing the ad read. My face just goes like this. Cause I saw the notification.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I thought I was doing a pretty good job with the ad read. I'm like, what are you <laughs> going to criticize it?
0: You <laughs> did phenomenal. I'm just like, what <laughs> that's
1: what I thought it was. I'm like, wait a minute. Don't
0: upstage this. <laughs> wow. That's, that's wild. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't know. know how, I don't know if you want to. If there's anything else you want to talk about with Corey Davis, obviously this was not planned. Um, if anybody else in chat has other ideas for players that the Jets can can go out and trade for, can can sign, there's not a lot out there. Uh, I'd love to talk about. It. I mean, Ty Hilton, you know, Jeff Smith was uh, was waived by the Giants. So oh, we're talking
1: about upgrades here. I
0: mean, at this stage, can you can? You, there's not much of an upgrade unless you're trading. Like you're not going to find an upgrade in free agency. If you're going right. to upgrade, you're going to trade now. 10 million is a lot. Like 10 million is a lot that they could do with. They now have well, – what was their cap space before this, the gyps? What was the cap space after the Cook signing? Do you know off the top of your head?
1: Uh, I'm not sure if the top of your head. It was I
0: about know. 10 million. So they basically just doubled their cap space, um, which that's very significant. At this stage, having 20 million in cap space.
1: Um, I Jim- like Jimmy's idea too. Any high-priced O-linemen that are under the cap.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean Jimmy- uh,
1: we, we mentioned beforehand free agency. No, there really aren't. Like we've looked at the options. It's like Jason Peters who's – Seventy-six years old, so mm-hmm. we don't want to necessarily. I don't know if that's necessarily the best option. I know he wants to play for the Jets, but let's be practical here. Well, he said he's open
0: to it. I think that headline yeah. got twisted. He's open to it because, of course, he is. He's open to playing for any team.
1: But may, maybe there's a guy in the trade market. But then again, if you're a team with how sh- in short supply offensive linemen are, if there's an offensive lineman on a team who's being traded that isn't like contract related, I'm like, uh, you know, something about that would would kind of weird me out.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, again, first of all, all respect to Corey Davis. I, yeah. I really appreciate everything he did for the Jets and in his career. And he, by all accounts, was a great locker room guy. And it's not an easy guy to replace. But from a purely, you know, looking at it from the Jets perspective, this does open up some opportunities for him. They do have some 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 cap space. Uh, Brian and chat brings up another interesting player here. Jonah Williams of the Bengals. Could be on the move, that would be pretty cool. He's a very versatile player as well. I believe he can play all five offensive line positions, or at least well, he
1: can play. Then play well is different than play because he played center at
0: Bama, right? He went to Bama,
1: I think. He started as a guard, then he went to left tackle, then he got hurt and missed a year. Like Jonah Williams got some baggage too, so yeah, he's not a terrible option,
0: but you know, right? So that's that's another option, honestly. Look, and we'll talk about the O line in a sec. I mean, we could transition into that if we want, but. If Makai Becton can hold up, I th- and obviously Dwayne Brown, like if, if there's a lot of ifs, but if those guys stay healthy, I don't have significant concerns about the Jets offensive the line, at least given what we've seen from Becton at right tackle to this point. Uh, obviously, you can always do with more depth there, and I think they can absolutely still look to make an addition. Uh, but right now, my bigger concern after the Corey Davis retirement is skill position, like, I just think they need another guy in there. Um, and they good time, the good thing is there is time. Like there is time and I think that they absolutely might make a move at the deadline. They have plenty of cap space. Maybe they try and make a move before week one. I don't know. Um, obviously the pipe dreams or pipe dreams are Devonte Adams and Mike Evans. Like, I feel like those are so, solidly the pipe dreams that are like flirting with the idea of realistic, you know, they're, they're pipe dreams, but they could happen. Like we're not saying trade for Justin Jefferson because that's not going to happen. Um, Would be awesome, but. Yeah, I'd be great. Imagine Justin Jefferson in his eye in any offense. He's pretty great. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, it does, at least from the Jets perspective, this opens up more doors for them, I guess. It gives them more financial flexibility to make moves, whether it's before week one or at the deadline. But wow, man, what a
1: text. Someone said Antonio Brown and uh, (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) story. He retires against the Jets and makes his comeback for
0: them. What a story. What if he's like, what if he really wants to play with Aaron Rodgers? And that's the whole, you know, that's why he went to Tampa because Brady wanted him.
1: Yeah, something and then how about. that last? Now he's he, yeah, lashing out at Brady. I mean, that didn't even work out well. And the guy, he was living with the guy for crying out loud.
0: I think we can safely say that Antonio Brown has, has played his last game in the NFL. Um,
1: yeah, Corey Davis returning is more likely than yes, Antonio Brown. It, it definitely but, is. Solid did also say, uh, this was just a recent quote I saw um, on Twitter, where he said that if Corey Davis wants to return – We'll welcome him back. He said, quote, he always has a family here. So right. And apparently,
0: according to, to Rich Semini, this was not a sudden decision by Corey Davis, which I think we assumed. Uh, he told teammates before training camp that he was thinking of walking away. And that is why he missed OTAs, because Corey Davis did miss OTAs. He was not there. So he was just he was thinking about this for a while. Um, and I don't think the Jets I think what's interesting about that is it—it it probably indicates the Jets are not shocked by this decision, which means that they weren't necessarily banking on him being there. So if they've known about this since the spring, if that's how long he's been—you deter- know—trying to determine his future, the Jets aren't shocked by this. That honestly probably did play into their their decision to sign Dalvin Cook and be as aggressive as they did. I believe someone in chat mentioned that before. Um, you know, they just need more skill players. That like that's really what it came down to. And as much as I was. Yeah, about the Dalvin Cook signing. I think that I am more on board with it now after Corey Davis retires because you just got to get bodies in there. You got to get skill. You got to get players who are talented at the skill positions. And I think they have a shortage of those now, even after signing Dalvin Cook. But they have the means, they have the money, like they have the finances, they have the flexibility. And if there's an opportunity there, I would not be surprised if the Jets pounced.
1: I respect that the last thing he ever did was gave us breaking news at an appropriate time and not two hours after this. So we couldn't talk about it. Oh so. man,
0: dude. Cause you, cause we're, we were to do 53 man roster predictions, which we could still do. Um, but yeah, that was going to be, we were gonna be like, yeah, Corey Davis, obviously a lock
1: for the roster. Of course.
0: Definitely. For sure. I mean, and he would have been, he would have been starting probably in base personnel. Samini also pointing out, again, I don't know how much to read into this, but he said that Corey Davis technically never used the word retirement in his post. Um, So I guess leaving the door for him to come back, I don't know. But presumably you know presuming that the jets
1: you said step maybe, away from the game i mean that sounds yeah like i wild. think he's
0: reading into that too much i assume the jets will place him on the reserve retire list which once they do that i believe he's done for the season i don't think he could play this season um because it's the reserve you can Come list. off it though right if you come if you come after, after, after the year after but i don't think if you place a player on a reserve list before the season starts i don't believe they can return that season that goes hmm. for pp that goes for ir any of that i believe it also works the same with retirement uh i although i don't have an instance in my head that i could think of but i if it works if it functions like a normal reserve list that's how it works but i believe he would be able to return next season in theory although he's not in our contract pass this year so you know uh but i believe that they will place him uh brian and chad says you could be activated from the retired list can you mid-season um if he's cut from oh the- if they cut him from yeah that's true if you cut a player from the reserve retirement list you could then re-sign them that is true um that would be like a workaround to it so yeah i guess in theory you can't be removed from it you could just be released and then re-signed so in theory they could do that if he decides mid-season he wants to return but either way i imagine the jets will place him on that list free up a lot of cap space in the process free up 10 million in cap space and maybe maybe do something from there but i don't know man that's wild what a wild start to the show huh we talked about we didn't even
1: get past the intro and Corey davis yeah you're right you i i cut you off We before this show we had a whole plan. And then immediately, we weren't even done saying, hey, guys, how are you? Dude,
0: if they they did that like five minutes, or if that was announced like five minutes before that, Corey Davis was typing out his Instagram post as we were introducing the show. Uh, (laughs) Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. ba 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 Let's I think, go
1: into, yeah. into non-Corey Davis topics for a little bit because uh, I feel like we've gotten all our Corey Davis uh, thoughts pretty much out there. Let's go and talk about the guy who was supposed to be the star of the show today, uh, Makai Becton. Playing it right tackle finally, which I, I don't know that he's necessarily going to be a Hall of Fame right tackle. But when I looked at Makai Becton, I was just really confused mostly how they were using him because it seemed going into like the, the offseason and all that, that it was going to be Dwayne Brown at left tackle, Makai Beckton goes over to right tackle, and then there's your offensive line. And then he starts playing at left tackle, and he's backing up, but he's also backing up Billy Turner, and he plays at the left in the preseason, and then they move him over to right a couple weeks beforehand, which is not as easy as, you know, switching positions is not as easy as some people think it is. I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, can we get serious for a minute? I know they're nervous about his health, especially at right tackle, because they think playing him at right tackle probably contributed to the injuries that he had. Recently, but all like, honestly, if that's a thought, then don't play him there. If you're that scared, if you're that petrified. So finally they get rid of that boogeyman and they put him over at right tackle. And you know what, even though it's only a limited amount of time in a preseason game and a couple of practices where it's really tough to gauge how good offensive line play is. Cause there's just a lot of things that you'd see in a game that aren't there. I'm pretty happy with what I saw out of Makai Becton. He was moving well. He was strong. He was aggressive. He was pancaking people. That's the Makai Beckton we thought we were getting out of Louisville. And you know, and he's doing it because he did not want to do this. Remember, I am a left tackle, the tweet? He did not want to do this. And he's doing it with nice maturity and nice aplomb. There's no bombast. There's no, I'm only here because my coaches are doing this. Like, he's, I, I like that he's taken to this role.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't be happier for and about the the latest development with Makai Beckton. Obviously, the assumption was, dating back to the spring, dating back to even before the draft, that Makai Becton was going to be one of the Jets' two starting tackles going into the year. Uh, And the assumption was that he would be playing right tackle. But over time, it quickly became apparent that the Jets really didn't see it that way, or at least wanted to ease him into that role. and. It may have took a long time, but we've finally gotten there. Maybe it took Max Mitchell and Billy Turner clearly not being starting options, but either way, we're here, and Mekhi Becton is not only getting snaps at right tackle, but he is running as the first-team right tackle. He started in the Bucs game and played excellent. He played very, very well, Um, and I could not be happier for the dude because he put in so much work this offseason to to not only – come back from two knee injuries but to lose over 50 pounds that is very difficult that is very very difficult to do and he deserves a lot of credit for transforming his body and for getting in shape and and just being healthy right now like that's the most important thing for him is he feels healthy he looks healthy and the Jets seem to be trusting him now at that starting position Um, I think the, the ceiling of this offensive line is pretty high if everyone can stay healthy that's obviously a big if. Dwayne Brown is pushing 40. He's coming off offseason shoulder surgery. He is yet to practice, although he did return from the PUP list. I don't believe he practiced today. Uh, he should be soon, but obviously he's a question mark. Makai Beckton obviously is a question mark if he starts a right tackle. He's played one game over the last two years, but if everyone stays healthy, I think the Jets can be a top 12 offensive line. I I, I truly believe that. Pushing top 10 in an absolute best case scenario. Um, Do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. Injuries happen, whether it's to Beckton and Brown or someone else. Injuries happen, players disappoint, whatever. Uh, But I'd love to see someone like Lakin Tomlinson have a bounce back year. I want to see Dwayne Brown, what he has left when he's actually healthy, because he wasn't healthy all of last year. And obviously, we want to see Mekhi Becton out there kicking ass and dominating at right tackle, because Obviously, it's contract year for him. So not only is it important for the Jets this season that he plays well, but he can still work his way into the future consideration, whether it's at right tackle or left tackle, if he plays well this season. So very, very happy with the development with Mekhi Becton, if only because it means we're hopefully not going to see Billy Turner or Max Mitchell starting week one. At least that's the hope.
1: See, I'm not as optimistic as you think. I think the offensive line is still generally at, I don't know about like bad or in like an awful, unwatchable way. I I still think it's below average. And I think their ceiling is probably straight middle of the pack, 15, 16. That's kind of where they are. Would you love a great offensive line? Obviously. Is having a top 15 or 16 a death sentence? I don't know necessarily, especially when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. But let's just take the optimistic picture for a little. Let's just go, you know, position by position. Dwayne Brown, potential Hall of Famer. You look at his career, he has a case. I don't know if he's in. There's going to be arguments about him. I find it hard to believe that if he's fully healthy, even at this age, he's not Jason Peters level where he's 41. He was a backup recently. He kept getting hurt. Like Dwayne Brown is 37, I think. Yeah,
0: 37, 37 38, whatever like, it is.
1: We is. We've seen guys be good at that age. We've seen guys put, put together high-level seasons for championship teams. Andrew Whitworth at ages like that. I don't know if he's going to be as good as Andrew Whitworth was late in his career, but even though he was banged up last year, pretty serviceable tackle for an old beat up guy who's playing with like one and a half arms at an offensive line. Not terrible. You go to Lake and Tomlinson. I always find, I know some guys disappoint as free agents. I find it hard to believe a guy who was a pro bowl lineman and started multiple years for a very good 49ers team that loves running the ball and has built one of the most consistent offenses in the league, just forgot how to play offensive line especially when a lot of his San Francisco coaches, I think they didn't, they have the exact offensive line coach come from San Francisco. When um, came over?
0: Yeah. It was John Benton,
1: right? Yeah. John Benton. I think he was Benton, the, yeah. o, the O line coach. So, I mean, that's yeah. the same guy. Like I find yeah. it hard to, be- I know they got a different guy in later, but like, I find it hard to believe that he just completely is like, Duh, how do I play football? Like, I think he'll have a bounce back year. The center spot, it looks like it's Connor McGovern's job. It will eventually be Joe Tippmann's job, but for right now, it's McGovern. McGovern's not a flashy guy. He's not particularly sexy as a player. Guy gets the job done. You go to Elijah Vera Tucker, top 10 of his position right now. He hits the accelerator. He's top five at the position. And and with the new CBA limiting practices, so offensive line doesn't get as much like contact and it's harder for them to really like develop and work on things. Having a guy who's a top 10 guard who could be a top five guard is an incredibly valuable asset that Mm -hmm. the Jets should be thrilled to have. And then obviously, we discussed back to that right tackle could maybe start filling up and, you know, playing like the guy that we thought he would be out of Louisville. So, I mean, there's a situation where they could be pretty good. I think just watching Billy Turner and Max Mitchell kind of made it seem like the sky was falling because what's the old saying? Chain's only strong, it's weakest link. Like, yep. If one guy is faltering, like good defensive coordinators will keep beating up on him, and then that'll percolate to the entire offensive line. And they'll all start feeling that. So now that this unit looked a little bit more cohesive with Beckton in it, I think some of the fears can be kind of tamped down a little bit.
0: I agree. I think there were some premature reports out there, tweets, takes, whatever you want to say, opinions about the Jets offensive line being awful when they were running maybe one or two of their week one starters out there. I mean, you had Wes Schweitzer out there at right guard. You had Max Mitchell and uh, Billy Turner at tackle. They they weren't at full strength, especially. I think this offensive line does not work without Elijah Vera Tucker. We saw that last year. As soon as he went down, I've talked about this a lot this this offseason. But as much as the Brees Hall injury killed the Jets' offense, the Elijah Vera Tucker injury killed it just as much, if not more. That offensive line was decimated by the end of the year, but they were held together. By Elijah Bear Tucker. So him missing some time this summer. I know he they're still kind of working a load management thing with him, kind of working with that ankle. But if he's out there, that unit is completely different. Uh so I think that him missing those days of practice and seeing Schweitzer out there with Turner and Mitchell, yeah, I'm not shocked at all that the Jets' offensive line struggled both in regular team drills and in joint practices. So having now Mekhi Becton at right tackle, having Dwayne Brown back, of course having Tomlinson and Vera Tucker back in the starting lineup, it gives you a better idea of what the Jets' offensive line is going to look like week one. And again, I'm not saying I think they're going to be top 12 or top 10, but I think if everyone hits their ceiling, if everyone hits their stride at the right time, they have that's they have that potential. Like they they have that potential. Uh and I don't think we would have said that about the Jets off of the line with Billy Turner in the starting lineup or even Max Mitchell. Uh so I think that's that's why it's such a huge development that Beckton is here. I've said it multiple times this offseason before we even got to training camp that besides, you know, Aaron Rodgers, besides the obvious, Makai Beckton was the X factor for this Jets team this year because the offensive line is crucial for this offense finding success, obviously, as it is for every team. But I think specifically with this Jets team, when you have an aging quarterback and Aaron Rodgers that you've invested so much in, you need the offensive line to be steady. You need the offensive line to at least be competent. And they didn't have a start, a competent right tackle unless McKay Beckton stepped up. So I'm really, really, really happy, not only for him, but for the sake of this entire jets offense, that he's come out and, and killed it in the way that he has.
1: So let's move on to the 53 man roster. A uh, little <laughs> thing that we teased earlier, because I think our original plans kind of got blown out of the water because a guy who was a lock and Corey Davis just said he was retiring, but to, I want to put the wide receivers I want to put them just to the side for one minute because we know that probably one of the Brownlee Gibson Taylor trio is making the roster and probably two of them, honestly, if they don't really add anybody else. So I want to go look at some of the other positions out there where there's been a bunch of camp battles, a bunch of guys who are on the fringe, you know, are they a practice squad guy? Can we keep them tight end defensive back? There's a couple of those. One guy that I now, even with the Brownlees, because I really like Brownlee. He's my favorite of the three. If they don't put this particular guy on the roster, this guy being Trey Dean, if he doesn't make the 53, I'm legitimately going to be surprised. Now, I know he's competing with Ashton Davis, who actually, to his credit, has kind of balled out this preseason. Like, against Tampa, he was all over the place. Four tackles for loss, showing off the great speed. Trey Dean was just as good. And part of the reason I'm so bullish on Trey Dean is because there was no way he should have gone undrafted. This guy was a five-star recruit, one of the top defensive backs in his class, played a bunch of years at Florida, and really it was his testing that hurt him. He was banged up. I think he had a hip injury at the time, and his 40 was really slow. And he, I think he had a couple minor injuries early in his college career. That, that didn't help him either. But talent-wise, there's no way this dude should have even like, made it past like, the fourth or fifth round. This guy's a steal. And I think he's performed like that right now. So on a team that's willing to elevate Tony Adams from undrafted to position of prominence, like eventually Dean could be on that same path if they keep him is there like one guy that you think could really stand out Justin or one guy that has to be on your 53
0: well I mean first I'll comment on the Trey Dean thing because I actually have him not making the team uh and that's it was a tough call it was a tough call for me because I also really like Trey Dean and I think The thing that is most working in his favor over Ashton Davis is I think the Jets might run a lot of three safety sets this year and have a guy like Adrian Amos or Jordan Whitehead kind of drop into that box as more of like a third linebacker role. And I think Trey Trey Dean fits that role a lot better than someone like Ashton Davis does. Someone like Marquise Waters also fits that role. And I think he's someone they'll keep around in the practice squad to kind of develop in that that hybrid role maybe. Um, But I really like Trey Dean and I think he's played, I think he's played well in every single preseason game to this point. But I think when in doubt, I'm just going to say the Jets stick with the old guard. They go with the guy who they know is a good special teamer and they go with Eshin Davis. I'm not saying that's what I would do. This is my prediction for what they will do. Uh, The Jets can save around like I think $2.5 million, $2.7 million by cutting Ashton Davis. But I think that even matters less now after the Corey Davis retirement because they are definitely not worried about money. They're not worried about cash. Um, so I don't really think that that will play much of a role. I would like to keep Trey Dean, and I think the Jets will absolutely try to keep him on their practice squad. I would not be shocked at all if he makes the roster, but I do have Ashton Davis making it over him. Um, let me look because I did have to just change a couple things after the Corey Davis thing. Uh we don't have to talk about wide receivers yet, because that is definitely altered with uh with the Corey Davis news. Uh I do have, I mean, just as a side note for mine, like three guys who are like on the roster, but not because they're either suspended or on the PUP, which for my projection, obviously Brandon Eccles is suspended, so he won't be on the week 153. I do have Jark Bernard Converse on the PUP, and I also put Carter Warren there. I don't know if either of them will be ready. Complete speculation on my part, but I would not be surprised if both
1: of those players started the year on the PUP. Maybe we're unlucky. We got interviews with both of them, and they're and they're both hurt. You're actually right. Those are the two players of the Jets. Thomas More "Watch out! Don't go near any like ch- steep cliffs or anything, or any like okay. changes in elevation."
0: <laughs> that, would be, that would be
1: that would be that would be awful,
0: dude. That would be so bad. Maybe if
1: you do it twice, like we did with Morstead, it like reverses it. So mm-hmm. You got to get them back on. <laughs> got it. We got to interview
0: them again. Them again. That's a great point. Uh, I didn't. I didn't realize that. That's pretty funny. I do have the, the toughest call for me was linebacker because I see a lot of projections having the Jets carry four linebackers. I gave them a fifth, and I have Chaz Surratt making the team along with C.J. Mosley, Quincy Williams, Jamie and Sherwood, and Zaire Barnes. That I would not be surprised at all if it doesn't happen. My rationale for it was I'd had Ashton Davis making it over Trey Dean. So I wanted another guy who could play that linebacker role. And I really do like Chaz Surratt. I really do. Um, and now that he's back, I believe he's returned to practice. If he shows out in that Giants game, he can make a strong case for the 53. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if he makes it. Because the dude can play special teams too. He's an athlete. And that's that's the best thing he's got going for him. So I do have Surratt making it. I don't know what your take on that is. If you think that that is something that's not going
1: to happen. has played well. And again, I think the jets, I think teams like this do take kind of their pedigree into account. This guy was a third round pick, very talented. And I think just stylistically, that's kind of what Robert Sala likes in his linebackers. Uh, I don't know if he'll make it. I think he's, but I think he's like the first guy off the practice squad. If anybody gets hurt, I think that's kind of mm-hmm. where he, where he stands right now. Uh, how many running backs do you have making the, final roster so the is not on pup you think or what was it say again a is not going to be on pup because he just i don't think what it sounds like is the Jets
0: said two weeks which makes me think he'll be ready for week one if he's not ready for week one then yeah pup and he's not on the week one roster but i'm assuming he will be ready um if he's not that changes things but i have four plus nick bottom i do have nick bottom making it which is interesting i kind of group fullbacks and tight ends together because i think if they don't carry bottom they'll carry an extra tight end if they do carry bottom That'll remove a, a roster spot for a tight end. That's kind of how I approach that. I think they'll carry uh, Bauden, and then I think Koontz is the practice squad guy. So agreed. That is that is also what I have. I have them carrying Bauden. also Michael Carter over Zonovan Knight, which isn't a lock but seems pretty certain at this time, especially since Carter did not suit up for the Bucks game. Um, and Knight fumbled. So <laughs> and Knight certainly did not help his cases or his case in that game. Uh, what do you have at quarterback? Do you have the Jets carrying three quarterbacks?
1: I only have him carrying two. Ooh, uh, interesting. I'm going Rodgers and Wilson and Tim Boyle on the practice squad. And they can elevate Tim Boyle if they need to, if something really happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that the main goal is, I know we've talked about the defensive line rotation all the time. I just, I'm trying to or high water to make sure there are 10 defensive linemen on this active roster. Yes.
0: I, I, mean, so, look, I you think, I think
1: say- that was one of the casualties.
0: The only way there won't be 10 defensive linemen on the roster is if someone gets traded. I don't think any of the Jets or someone gets hurt. Like any of the top 10 guys on the Jets, defense, or Jets defensive line right now, none of them are getting cut. Uh, we're talking Quentin Williams, Al Woods, Quentin Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, Carl Lawson, John Franklin Myers, Jermaine Johnson, Will McDonald, Bryce Huff, Michael Clemens. I don't think any of those guys are, are in danger of getting cut. The only one I could see not being there, barring injury, you know, we don't know about Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson's another guy who could start the year on the IR. I believe it would be the IR for him. Um, but Bryce Huff is, you know, the other guy that maybe he's traded. I don't know. Cause I still, I'm not sure if he's going to be active week one. Um, but that would be the other one. I do have them carrying three quarterbacks. Um, mostly just because of the new, the new QB rule, because for a, for that third QB, that emergency QB to be active, uh, on game days, they need to be on the 53 man roster. They don't necessarily, they don't count towards the active player limit. Uh, so you can have that like 48th player active if it's the third quarterback Um, and I believe they can only play if the first two quarterbacks get hurt, but I think that's going to push teams to carry more, uh, more third string quarterbacks and Tim Boyle, you know, we know he's a favorite of Aaron Rodgers. We know he's a favorite of Nathaniel Hackett. So I think that might give him the edge. I wouldn't be shocked if they put him in the practice squad. It's not necessarily like, I don't think anyone's going to pick him up. He'll be on the roster in some way. Um, but I do think that they will they will carry Tim Boyle. I love Dennis and chat <laughs> really quick, saying who's the third string quarterback? Boyle is terrible. I don't disagree. No, we. Know. we <laughs> I, don't, I don't fully <laughs> disagree. He's the anymore. third quarterback. Yeah, I don't fully disagree, but there are only three quarterbacks on the roster right now uh, because Chris Traveler was waived, injured, and I believe now just they reached an the injury settlement. So uh, there's bold. only three guys. So it's gonna be Even Boyle. If he
1: wasn't. He wouldn't be here anyway. So
0: right, it's gonna be Boyle one way or another.
1: Um, I want to get to a comment from Jimmy really quick. Jimmy Schnugan in chat who said, "I'm a Cutstown U alum. Uh, I think Andre Reed went there too. Yes, he did. Went to Cutstown. So uh, I'm, I'm rooting for Jerome Cap to make the roster. Uh, is there any chance that? would first off, go Bears. Cutstown is the Bears, I think. So go Bears. Are they the Bears? I think they are. Mm-hmm. And uh, the or the Golden Bears or think it's something. Golden. I guess the Golden Bears. I think. Yeah, the I think. I think they changed it. No, they're the Golden Bears. I mean, unless oh, the Wig- Golden Bears. Okay, is wrong. You know. All right. Well, I, I got half right. It was half right with the Bears. Yeah, but, but uh, a slight chance. I mean, he's impressed. I don't think anybody's. I haven't really heard a ton of bad things to say about Jerome Cap. We know that he is a, a very talented singer based on what we saw on there uh, on Hard Knocks. Absolutely. But uh, again, it just comes down to like. We've been talking about this whole main trio, the top three of being Brownlee, Gibson, and Taylor, of mm-hmm. the undrafted guys who could make it in. I mean, maybe if you want to expand that to Cap, possibly I mean, he's probably a practice squad guy. I, I think, think he's a practice team. squad guy, but I mean, yeah. I, if he did, if they said, you know what, Jerome Cat beat out some of those other guys, like it wouldn't shock me. It, it could happen.
0: I'd be very surprised if he's on the 53-man roster. I think Jimmy was just asking practice squad, too. I think there's a oh, – yeah. Practice a, squad, Practice squad. I think he's almost a lot. I maybe. think there's a good chance he's on the practice squad for sure, if only for vibes at this point. you got to keep him around, you know, lift yeah. Maybe he can rap a little bit more. Uh, that was excellent. That was obviously a, a – I would say the the quintessential hard cocks – hard, whoa there, hard knocks moment. I'm Oh, no,
1: boy. We almost pulled a got the a shorty slip Put there.
0: That. That was a car coochie moment. That was a tanzel smart moment right there. That's amazing. (laughs) Please,
1: uh, please, please clip that. That's great. Um that was I know it's on HBO and they but they're they're explicit, but I mean this is ridiculous.
0: The quintessential hard knocks moment. Oh god, that's great. Um dark. That was fantastic. Yeah, this is towards the end of the show, so that's fantastic. But uh yeah, I think I think Jerome Cap. Could absolutely be not gonna, I'm like watching every word I'm saying now. Uh, I think Jerome Cap could definitely stick around in the practice squad. He did a lot uh, of really good things in OTAs, hasn't really popped that much this summer. Um, but yeah, also I need to I need to take a drink after that. Hold
1: on. That really got you all hot and bothered, huh? <laughs> I heard it immediately and I'm like, God, there's
0: no one doing that. That was said.
1: Oh dear. So now, now that we're past you know funny wordplay, <laughs> yeah, well, who do you what wide receivers do you have making it? Because we haven't really talked about that. Well, now that Davis is gone, Wilson, Lazard, obviously, obviously. who's now the wide receiver too. I think he was Hard- already wide receiver too, regardless. But yeah, despite your objections, right. uh, Hardman, mm-hmm. Cobb, yep, Brownlee. That's definite. Those are the five I think that are definite. And you then, think Brownlee's a definite. If I had my druthers, I think he's a definite – especially because of the Davis retirement too because, again, like – I mean they got Lazard, but if you want a guy stylistically who's similar, of the three, he's the most like Corey Davis. Right. And if they want to keep another one, honestly, I know that Malik Taylor's got the Rodgers connection. I just think Gibson gives you returner value. Mm -hmm. Like if they don't want to use Hardman that way, like if he's too valuable as like the number three receiver now and they don't want him running back kicks, I think that's good for Gibson.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like – I don't think Brownlee is a lock. I think stylistically he makes the most sense as your replacement for Davis, but I also think they're kind of just going to lean on Lazard for that role. Um, I think Malik Taylor is the most likely of the three, and maybe that's just me overrating his connection with Rodgers and and Hackett, but he has made plays this summer. Um, Brownlee's kind of fallen off a little bit. I mean, he made a couple catches, I think, in the Bucs game, but – I think Brownlee makes more sense as someone you want to keep around to develop on the practice squad. That being said, they did give him a ton of guaranteed money. I think it's like 250,000, which that's more than Coons. That's more than, I don't know if that's more than any other drafted player on the roster, but it's more than a lot of seventh round picks. Um, so that is definitely working in his favor to stick around. Gibson, it really just comes down to, like you said, who do they want to return kicks? If Gibson proves that he's the best return option, they will give, they will give him a job and they'll give him a roster spot. And that's why he's been getting All of the first team reps as a returner, um, at least in games, he's been the guy that they've turned to for that. So they're really giving him an extended look there. If it is Gibson, I think they got a pretty small wide receiver room because, you know, I would say Hardman, Cobb and Gibson are all really slot guys like Hardman. You could probably play on the outside a little bit, but they're all do their best work in the slot, meaning that you really have Garrett Wilson who can play everywhere. Alan Lazar is an outside guy for sure. Um, and then
1: throw him in the slot gets some mismatches. I don't know. Maybe so I mean, as, as a big yeah. slot,
0: as a big slot, maybe, I don't know how much green Bay use him there, but, uh, Gibson would be, I think he made more sense to me with Corey Davis there, but really if they want to, if they want to use him as their top returner, then he'll be there. I have, I, I, so what I did was after the Corey Davis retirement, I quickly went in and I have Malik Taylor making it. I think that he would be the most solid in my mind of making it. I then took off because I had a fourth tight end making it. I had Kenny Yaboa making it, uh, who I don't have making it now because I did give them a sixth wide receiver and I put Jason Brownlee, question mark, question mark, question mark, because basically that's me saying Jason Brownlee or another addition. That's kind of how I'm thinking of it in my mind. Um, I think if they were to keep, go with the guys on the roster, Taylor and Brownlee would get the nod over Gibson. I just think that, He's had a couple of uh oh's in practice, a couple of mishaps in game where I don't I don't fully trust him as a returner, especially over Hardman who has plenty of experience doing it. Even Randall Cobb can do it. Um, I don't trust Xavier Gibson at this stage. I don't know if the Jets do, but that's that's kind of my my take on that. So I only have them carrying three tight ends, which that's fine because I have in and I have them carrying six wide receivers. Maybe it's Taylor and Brownlee. Maybe it's Brownlee and someone else. Maybe it's Taylor and someone else. I don't know. But I think that they definitely could make an addition, whether it's a roster cut, whether it's a trade. I don't know. Um, but that's the one position that really I don't have a solid answer now. Corey Davis retiring definitely changes plans.
1: And before we sign off, we're going to do another like quick little what to watch for. I, I want to try to do that ESPN what to watch for guy voice, but it would destroy my throat right now. So sure. I've met that guy, too. So. Well, wow, fun okay. I actually was at ESPN, like literally the studios once, and then they had like the guys like, Hey, how you doing? And then he, you know, chuck his hand. Nice guy. So <laughs> thanks for sharing. <laughs> I just I don't know. Well, I can't, I can't share my like cool no. anecdotes in this podcast.
0: That's a wonderful anecdote. I I appreciate you sharing that, Mike. Uh, Michael <laughs> Michael Joseph Luciano.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, indeed. So before we sign off, uh let's go and take a look at the final preseason game, the fourth, because it's normally it's three, but Hall of Fame game gave the Jets four where they're playing the New York Giants, and their typical is always a little thing for those of you who are just kind of a little more casual Jets fans. Uh, typically, at the end of the preseason, if you're geographically next to another team, typically they play each other. The L.A. teams, you know, the DMV teams, and as you saw with the Ravens and the Commanders, and Jets and Giants going at it in MetLife. And uh, surprisingly, they're playing a lot of the starters in this game, including Aaron Rodgers, I think most of the starting offensive line, Dwayne Brown, I don't think will be out there because he's still working his way back. But, and Brees Hall is obviously the other one because he's still working his way back. But other than that, pretty much everybody is going to be out there. I don't think for too long. I think it maybe just be, might be a series or two. you know, Shake off the rust. Make sure you know a couple you know, basic plays that we're going to run in the season. Obviously, everybody is scared of you know why the hell are you playing them in the last preseason game. You never play the Stars in the last preseason game kind of an unwritten rule, but I mean Robert Sala said you can't coach scared. And I mean I get that. This just feels like a little unnecessary, but all I want to see is literally I want them to basically play in bubble wrap. Mm-hmm. You know, couple quick runs, couple quick passes. Don't hold the ball longer than three. Take an intentional grounding. I don't care. Hold the ball two seconds. If it's not there, chuck it into the third row into the popcorn vendors. That's all I want to see right now. Maybe it gets the fans hyped up. Perfectly fine. Just Try to keep things as steady as possible because there is a big Monday night game against Buffalo to open the season and a tough-ass schedule after that. Don't try to rock the boat.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't think they're going to play any more than one or two series, like you said, Uh, specifically Rodgers, especially because I don't expect Dwayne Brown to play, which likely means it will be Billy Turner starting at left tackle. And I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers take a five step drop with Billy Turner at left tackle. So I hope he's just handing the ball off. I hope he's just doing quick three step drops, maybe a screen pass, whatever, something that's not going to get him hit, something that doesn't give Billy Turner any chance, any opportunity to injure Aaron Rodgers or even anybody on the offensive line, not just Billy Turner. Um, I, I get why they're doing it. I have no real issues with them doing it. Most teams do it. Rodgers wanted to play. Rodgers is obviously new to the team. He's new to, I don't want to say new to the system, but it is a new environment. So I get why they say, Hey, let's throw you out there in a, basically a simulated game situation, give you a couple series. So that come week one, this isn't your first time taking the field in an actual game situation. I get why they're doing that. I don't really have any issues with it. Um, obviously, you don't want to see anyone get hurt. I don't want to see a situation where, like with the you know, the Jets of old, Avery Williamson is playing in the third quarter of a preseason game and he tears his ACL. I don't want to see any that of that.
1: That was awful. I remember. Oh,
0: terrible! It was awful, and it was his own guy. I forget who it was, but it was his own guy knocked like hurt him. Uh, it was like a collision. But I don't want to see any of that. I don't want to see Elijah Bear Tucker on the field in the end of the second quarter. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Sauce Gardner out there in the second quarter. Give him one to two series. Let them run with the 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 ones for a very brief period of time, and then that's it. Um it will be interesting to see a few guys that are, you know, yeah, and as Brian says in chat too, have to get used to the MetLife turf. Yes, it is definitely new. Can they replace it? Isn't it all new this year? I think it is. Yeah. It's, I believe they started that this year. And they did that for the World Cup, I think, of all things. Um is, is why they had the problem because they were
1: playing on a sen- essentially a, a green carpet on top of a parking lot is essentially what they were doing before. So
0: yeah, they definitely made some adjustments. Obviously, they have the the Jets logo at at center at midfield now. So
1: ah, okay. yeah. are the Jets the home team for this game?
0: Uh I don't know. But they will have it if they are. I don't know if the Jets are the home. Either way it doesn't. I mean they'll have the Jets or the Giants logo, but right, right. Um, they'll they'll have that. So But, yeah, I I don't have any issues with them playing the starters. It'll be interesting to see a few guys trying to to push for roster spots because, I mean, relating to what we were just talking about, a few of the guys that I had, like, just missing out that could potentially make some noise. Like, hey, if Zach Koontz shows out in this last game, he could make some noise. He could push for a roster spot. We'll see what Zonovan Knight can do. I still think it's pretty unlikely he makes the 53 at this stage if everyone is healthy. Unless Izzy Ivana-Canada misses week one, then obviously that changes. Um, But he's going to get plenty of looks in this game. Not only – for you know, helping his potential Jets future, but maybe is shopping him around and seeing if you can up his trade value. Uh, other guys who I think could surprise and push for roster spots if they have a really strong last game, Jimmy Moreland. I think Jimmy Moreland, the corner, has outplayed Bryce Hall for most of the summer. I know Brandon Eccles is missing Week One, so uh, Bryce Hall's roster spot is probably safe. But if if anybody's going to push him, it's going to be Moreland. And I, I think if he plays really well in this last game, he can kind of you know put that final stamp on it. Um, someone like a Nick Vigil, I think he's got he's a veteran linebacker with plenty of experience. If they wanted to keep around um, a veteran in that room behind you know with, with the backups, then maybe he makes sense. Uh, I don't think someone like Tristan Colon makes it. But even the guys we were talking about before, like Trey Dean. If he wants to make this roster, same with Ashton Davis. If he wants to make this roster, show out against the Giants, prove that you deserve that spot. Um, who, who are real quick before we end it, because we're we're running a little long, but hey, Corey Davis, you know, he kind of he derailed things some out of
1: whack. <laughs> right.
0: So who are some of the guys you're looking at in this last
1: game? Well, I do just want to see I do want to see a lot of the receivers, the non-Corey Davis receiver room. Yes. Because I want obviously they're not gonna tip their hand with the depth chart stuff. And we've seen guys like Alan Lazard, you know, briefly early on, but you know what? Maybe, maybe really quick, maybe get a Michael Harbin going down the field a little bit. Let me get a, let me get some Garrett Wilson, like, you know, one or two really cool plays in there. Like that's all I want to see. I just, I just want to see a couple nice plays. And other than that, just run, run, take a knee punt. Like I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about the outcome of this game. I want to see cool guys make cool plays. And then once they do one of them, like, all right, that's it out of there. We're not, we're not risking it anymore. I think that's a pretty fair assessment too.
0: I like the phrase, watch cool guys make cool plays. I think that should all – that should be the, the – That sounds like season. something Robert Sala would say. It does. To, that that should be the tagline right. for the NFL preseason, watch cool guys make cool
1: plays. Here's play. the thing, too. One one thing on Robert Sala, because we didn't get too into hard knocks uh, today. Yeah. One thing I've no, – actually, it was – I know that Justin has familiarity with this program, but uh, Boomer and Geo earlier, I think <laughs> Geo actually – Made a point where I kind of respect because I've always said before that Robert Sala kind of has like a weird cadence talking to people, like at least in press conferences where he said, "I don't think he's fake. I just think he's just naturally kind of corny." Where, Where he'll take these like kind of motivational quote things and then like pepper in a bunch of f words to him, and that's just kind of how he is. I mean, I mean i don't know that's kind of the vibe i got from watching who defines
0: the corny now. though because like someone who's corny to one person might be a leader of
1: men to others i think the players all look up to him and respect him i don't oh, think- yeah i think that i think that's it too i just think like his his speech patterns and is, is kind of funny to me i don't know maybe yeah,
0: he's he's <laughs> got a de- he's definitely has a specific like vibe to him i
1: guess uh, but I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't find him
0: corny. I don't I want to him.
1: nitpick him too much. The guy's got Aaron Rodgers here, and he's building a winner. But like, he uh, looks I don't happy. know. Something about him. Really quick, okay, cool.
0: we'll get to to one more question here from Zachary in chat. He said, "How long would you like the starting O line to play for?" So if it was all five, if it was all five starters, like if it was if Dwayne Brown was playing, which I don't expect him to play, I probably would say the first quarter or something, just to get that that chemistry together, the continuity. But I think it's going to be Billy Turner at left tackle. That's just my guess. I don't think they're going to have Dwayne Brown playing that game. If he does, my opinion changes. But if it's Billy Turner, if they have one of the backups out there, I don't think you gain as much from playing them. So really, basically, as long as Aaron Rodgers is out there, that's how long I want the starting offensive line out there. So whether that's two series, whatever it is, that's how long I'd want them. If Dwayne Brown plays, play him the first quarter, give them an entire quarter of football to, to play together, and that's pretty much it. Two, three, four series, whatever that would be. Um, but I presume that that's not going to be the case, but yeah, man, what a show, what a show,
1: <laughs> what a crazy show thrown off the rails almost immediately yep. by Corey Davis. But, uh, if you want to come back and see what crazy wacky shenanigans happen next, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google podcast, Spotify, wherever it may be that you get your podcast. We are on all those sites and YouTube and TikTok. Both of them are at the jet press. Justin, let's uh let's wrap up this crazy hour of Jets content.
0: Dude, uh, I'm just I'm just trying to think what Jets wide receiver is gonna be involved in a transaction or whatever next didn't Denzel Mims also happen like right after we recorded or something? Like, that was right before I th- Right I was, before he was traded.
1: That'd be enough time where we could be like, all right, Denzel Mims, we've kind of look into it. It wasn't during the yeah. ad read three minutes in. <laughs> so basically
0: live on air, we've had Elijah Moore traded, we've had Corey Davis retire, and we've had Denzel Mims traded uh moments before we recorded or at least shortly before so yes who knows what's gonna happen next wednesday i guess we'll find out maybe the jets will trade for mike evans right before we record but anyway if you want to see that and watch all of our jet press content you can follow mike on twitter at buy mike, mike luciano you can follow me on twitter at justin t free follow jet press at the jet press download jet press podcast wherever you get your podcast also check us out on youtube tiktok like subscribe hit that notification bell you guys know what to do We stream live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you all for listening to Jeff Press Podcast. I've been Justin Fried. That has been Mike Luciano. See you guys next time.
1: See you folks next week. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain.